When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I know that ordinarily we're a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast, but it's time for us to pivot, pivot, pivot. And I'm Avsinensky, and I like it. What's not to like? Custard, good. Jam, good. Meat, good. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, formerly a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast, uh, but presently, and for the uh, foreseeable future, I think a Friends podcast. So yes, we are here today to discuss the television show Friends of um is our name still pretty 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 good or do we have a new name in fact oh we do have a new name this is uh we're we're off to the races straight out of the gate here we got the name of the podcast wrong in the opening line but that's fine uh we've been calling it that now for uh what's it now three years Uh, yeah three three and a half half years years, we started in january 2020 right so uh yeah i think we started january 2020 so uh you know all can be forgiven um i'm sure many more mistakes will be made <laughs> um but we are from this day uh and going forward at least for the foreseeable future um we've been rebranded under the name pretty good friends uh so it's kind of a uh, a bridging of the old and the new uh but only only one pretty uh, only one pretty um yeah i mean let's say good friends yeah um we're not like best friends we're pretty good friends yeah so. pretty good i think that's fair mm-hmm. um you know we uh we get together on occasion not all the time mm-hmm. um we talk we have a lot of zoom calls i guess one not a lot i guess one a week is a good amount uh, but you know yeah we're pretty good friends i think that's fair i think it's fair um and i feel like we've gotten to become uh, pretty good friends with some of our listeners over the last few years so mm-hmm. uh, you know that's spot on and you know i look forward to becoming pretty good friends with uh many future listeners and future guests and uh all sorts of participants of the podcast over what could be i don't know at, at a very at a very minimum five years um you're, and you're, probably you're, more you're if we're being realistic um <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think it's uh, you know the the amount of runtime also gives us a lot of time to uh, back out if we decide. Yes, that, uh, it's not going well. All right, uh, but what, but what are we doing here now today? What are we doing here and now today? So um, I figured we could just start out um, talking a little bit about you know the show in general, our relationship with it, how it came to be, some of the key players. Um, and then kind of just do like a little bit of an outline of, you know, what to expect on this podcast. Um, and then, you know, eventually we'll jump into season one, episode one and, you know, go from there. Okay. I, I, I do have to say, I think that the, the two, sh- three shows that were sort of like the defining shows for me, um, you know, when I was a teenager were, were Seinfeld and, and friends in the Simpsons. Yeah. Um, as an example, those those were the three shows for which I had every single episode uh, burned onto uh, CDs, uh, you know, so I could watch it whenever I want because the the concept of streaming obviously uh, it was nowhere near existence at that time. Um, and yet I still own those CDs, even though they serve absolutely no purpose <laughs> they serve, now. They serve no purpose. Well, they might one day. Um, yeah, you know, it's like China not. hacks, you know, all the streaming services or something. You'll yeah. be good. We'll all go over to your house and watch Friends. Yeah. Well, we'll have to find a, a CD-ROM drive. When's the last time you saw one of those? <laughs> right. Yeah, I figured that we'll, we can figure yeah. it out. We'll yeah. find one somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Friends was extremely, extremely present for me in my upbringing. Um, you know, in, in some ways, even more than Seinfeld, even though, like, Seinfeld for me is the superior show, the one that I was always much more immersed in. Because, like, I was very, like, late to the party on on Seinfeld relative to where it started. Like, I, I think I only saw the final season, like, live on TV. Whereas Friends, I saw at least episodes in its first season because it was like already something that like my the friends first at were talking 94? about. Four, <clears throat> yeah. So like not the ninety four ninety five school year, which was when we were in sixth grade. And you were watching live at that point already. Wow. Um, not every episode, but like I saw episodes of it. Like it was a show that like people in school were talking about. Because like remember back then, like you didn't have to be like, oh no, I missed this week. I can't watch next week. Like if you missed it, you missed it. Um, which like even like made me wonder like 
how long it probably was until I had seen some of these episodes. Because, like, yeah. it didn't start airing in syndication until 1998. So, like, I'm sure there's episodes from the first couple seasons that, like, I didn't see until I was, like, very into Friends. Yeah. Well, even, and again, in the era when, like, the way that you watch these shows, I guess, in theory, you could buy a DVD. But the way you watch it was in syndication at night. There, there was, was no such thing as DVDs that yet. Was there? Like, in 1996? Well, certainly when we were in high school, there were DVDs. So right, but I'm, yeah, okay. But I think it's like this wasn't even a thing yet. Like you just like yeah. they would they would like re-air four episodes in the summer, like before the show yeah. came back, and like that was it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there was episodes of. I, I'm sure that the first time I'm sure there's some episodes of Friends uh, that the first time I ever saw them was when I went, you know, when I bur- burnt these CDs with every right. single episode, which I did in the fall of 2002. So I'm sure that there are some episodes I didn't see till then. Yeah, so it's interesting that you also mentioned The Simpsons because if, if I had to say the the show that I watched the number of episodes in my life on the night that the show originally aired, I would guess The Simpsons is by far number one and that Friends is by far number two. Mm. Yeah, I don't really know. I'm trying to think that I watch. I mean, I certainly didn't watch Friends live. I didn't watch. I, I watched it on syndication. There's no way I was watching it live in, in junior high. Um, because we we didn't watch like I wasn't really allowed to watch right, TV. You were in a big TV house, yeah. Yeah, and then um, and then uh-huh, nine... look at look at me now, mom and dad. <laughs> and then I'm I have a podcast think... where yeah. we talk about a show. <laughs> uh, ninth grade. Let me think. Was I watch? No, I I probably wasn't watching live in ninth grade. Um, I don't even. Yeah, I, I don't. I think I was watching Friends purely on syndication until probably until I got to college. So until two thousand two ish, probably I would think. So, but yeah. yes, okay. but that certainly the, the, the friends finale was after the, so the side finale happens when we're in ninth grade, the friends finale happens when we're in college. Um, I was at the university of Pennsylvania at the time. That was like the second show that had like, it was a big deal to have a finale in my life. Yeah. Right. Cause also like there wasn't those types of shows so much, um, back then like in the 90s and like early 2000s it was really more when the like prestige tv started that like well but there was the mash finale or there was the cheers finale yeah so there was like once one every decade oh yeah that was like on for like where you were like invested enough that like it was like this big event because like most of these shows back then like the storylines were completely you know just like non-recurring for the most part like you didn't have that same like you know hbo show type relationships with characters um in that way because yeah. like it wasn't as intertwined in the plots um but, but friends was very similar to seinfeld also in that it was so important to nbc that they you know offered you know a million dollars in an episode yeah to, eventually to, to the six, yeah, to, yeah they were desperate to not lose these guys yeah um yeah, something 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 interesting. I was thinking about a lot today. I'm um, just thinking it, it kind of ties into the you know this and uh, and curb a little bit. Um, and I, I pose this not really as a as a gotcha question, more just to, just out of curiosity. Um, Alex, who created Friends? Uh, Martha uh, Kaufman Crane. What is Kaufman it? Crane? Okay, Martha yeah. Kaufman. Martha Kaufman and David Crane. David okay, Crane. fine. So yeah. good for you. Um, you know, you're very good at trivia. You know stuff. I I've asked this question to a number of people over the last like you know five to seven days. Zero of them knew either of those names. Um, it's very interesting. Um, it's probably mostly a product of just like the era that when you think Friends, you only think of the six characters who got paid a million dollars an episode. Yeah. And like the like if you even look right now, David Crane's Wikipedia page is like so embarrassing. It's really? like, look at it. It's like, did they go on to make a bunch of other shows? I'm telling you, go look at his Wikipedia page. Okay. Nobody knows who this guy is. He created okay. Friends. It's like two paragraphs. Mm. Yeah. Not not a huge, uh, although, yeah. yeah, it lists all his shows, his filmography. Yeah. He's done a million other shows. But yeah. Um, so, so it's interesting because, things. so obviously, like the, uh, the other big show of the 90s is Seinfeld. And mm-hmm. Seinfeld is a show that is also was in, in its time completely just the characters. And yeah, then and we've talked about this before. None of us knew who Larry David Correct. was. No one knew who Larry 90s, David was yeah. in the 1990s. And then yeah. he like made this show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, that we've spent a lot of time talking about, that in some ways was this like megaphone of like, hey, everybody, like, you know, that thing you really liked in the 90s? Yeah, that was me. Like, he And was- retroactively, I think it's impossible for us to see to, to watch Seinfeld in a pre-LD context. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just um, the time. Especially George. For sure, for sure. I mean, that's like that's essentially what yeah. Curb is there to tell that story in some ways, right? Is that mm-hmm. like this is the real George Costanza? Uh, this is the real you know brains behind the show. Like you, the name was called Seinfeld, but it you know really could have been David. Um, in you know in a different world. 
Um, well, icon, 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 no icon. Exactly right. Yeah. Not in not in that world. Yes. Um, but you know, li- you know, at a time where like you know we are we're living through the latest of a series of writer strikes, and like you know, a lot of uh, ink is being spilled and arguments raised about you know who deserves credit for things. Um, you know, this really came at the harbinger of like a time where the creative started to become become seen, especially in TV, as like more of a prominent role. And like Larry David was kind of really at that turning point. Um, and like then became like, you know, all the HBO shows and the David Simons and the, the David Chases and the Vince Gilligans and, you know, a world where you come to say the next show I'm going to watch is going to be based on like the person who made it, not the person who's in it. Right. Like no one like not no, not no one, but there's very few people that you're like, oh, I got to see that because like so and so is in it. It's yeah. much more like so and so wrote it. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it is. It is sort of shocking how how bare bones David Crane's Wikipedia pages. Yeah, um, it's interesting. These two, um, I couldn't really figure out when they met. They definitely went to Brandeis together. They also graduated high school one year apart and less than 10 miles apart. In, in um, my in my head, they were a married couple, but I see that David Crane's husband actually has created other shows, Mad About You. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. Um, they, um, I saw their, I think their first writing credit was the eighth episode of the CBS sitcom Everything to, Everything's Relative, a show that starred the one and only Jason Alexander. Mm. So there's your Seinfeld connection right, right away. Mm-hmm. Um, they then made a few other shows, Dream On with Kevin Bright, who would obviously be uh, very involved with Friends. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of shows that they made that were briefly on that were canceled. And, you know, that finally takes us to 1994, where they pitched this show. Um they imagined it as, you know, a bunch of singles living in the city and going through life. Life is messy. And they originally titled this show Insomnia Cafe. Have you ever heard of that show? Yeah, that's not such a great name. Yeah, that's Friends. Um, well, they wh- said, it, it, why not just call it Central Perk? Yeah, that's true. They probably, Well, maybe they didn't have the name Central Perk yet. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. yeah, so they then switched it over to Friends Like Us. There was another is another point where it was called Six of One. Mm. Um, friends like us, they didn't like because there was an ABC show at the time called These Friends of Mine. So it was the, it was Friends Like Us, then Six of One, and then they just made it Friends. Yeah, which now is iconic, but is a very forgettable name if it doesn't become an iconic show, right? Yeah, and it's a you very like, f- what's the show about? You would never like <laughs> right. It'd be very confusing. Yeah, and it's very frustrating to search for things related to friends. Very yeah, the first CEO. So it's gonna um, be a very uh, annoying. Well, uh, well, I'm on the Wikipedia page. It's and it says at the top, this article is about the television, scene, <laughs> but the social concept is uh, a friendship. Ah, uh, they should have uh, just called it friendship. I, I click on friendship. Um, by the way, <laughs> the friendship page, the top photo is of these four. Um, uh, four Germans, uh, according to the, the the caption of the picture, a group of Germans. Um, <laughs> it's like the weirdest page. These four random people. It's off centered. Um, they're, they're all matching. They're all wearing similar boots and jeans. So good job by those Germans. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, traveling abroad together is a strong indicator of friendship. By the way, what about podcasting together? There's podcasting. <laughs> um, it's a pretty good sign yeah. of friendship. The, the word um, podcast does not appear on the friendship Wikipedia page. Yeah, I mean, if you're going, if you're traveling with someone, I would hope that you're friends with them. Otherwise, yeah. that would be very, bo- very bad. Uh, honestly, very go to the Friendship Wikipedia page. Every photo <laughs> on this site is hilarious. <laughs> it's the weirdest. Two friends before posing for a picture. Um, yeah, these, these are absolutely absurd photos. And I want to know how these people got their photos up on the page. Um, Two friends sitting together in Bhutan. Um, it's not so much as the... The pictures, it's the captions. Yes. First of all, they're just like assuming. How do you know they're friends? Like you, it's like you, you obviously just took a stock photo at, yes. of like people from a certain place and just you're saying they're friends. Well, I don't think it's a stock. I think someone uploaded a picture of themselves. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> I would guess. I actually read this article once about friendship, like the, uh, friendship in adulthood. It just so three girls sitting on a park bench. Like, yeah. I, I actually. I do you know they're friends. Yeah. They can be strangers. Uh, well, they're, they're all crossing their legs in the same direction. <laughs> That's how you know. Um, I once read an article about. Um, how people upload photos, like how it's decided which pictures go onto um, Wikipedia pages, mm-hmm. because there they have to be pictures that that there isn't a license for that, like that they have to be right. It has to be a picture that the person themselves has taken, right, or that you have, right. Yeah, and so like even like a lot of like, well, can you can you take from like like Creative Commons or whatever? 
I don't remember the details of this. Yeah, article. Okay. I read a long time ago. But they were talking the the, the, the the I think it was a sports related article. I and mean, the question was like, how come every single major like superstar athlete, their Wikipedia page, the main picture is like some like like very like low quality, low res photo <laughs> taken from the stands before a game? And the answer is because like at the time now it's probably changed since then because um you know I'm just typing in random names of athletes now and their pictures seem a little bit more formal. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, back to the matter at hand. Oh, yes. Sorry. Um, that's what we don't like this podcast. Yes. Um, right. If you're, uh, if you're just tuning in saying like, I like friends, I wonder what these guys are about. Um, you know, it might not go so well, but you know, yeah. maybe it'll go great. I mean, uh, to be fair, we're like 15 minutes in. We have yet to mention Adolf Hitler or Donald Trump. So, um, not yet. Um, yeah, yeah. there is all there, there is a, um, there was a line cut from the aired version of episode one that maybe we'll get to when we talk about episode one. Oh, I'm all excited. Yeah. So, um, okay. Should we, should we talk about our friends? Should we talk about our, uh, our core six guys here? Sure. Um, yeah. you know, give a little intro, maybe like, you know, some info about them, how they got the parts, okay. um, our, you know, our impressions going in. I'm curious to see like if we are on the same page in terms of like the characters we like. And I'm also curious to see if watching it at like at this age, I have like different opinions or different appreciation for different characters. So that's, okay. uh, sure. that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Um, so in no particular order, I think this is actually the order they have it on Wikipedia because I think this is the order in which they were like cast maybe, um, or maybe not, or maybe I reordered it. Who knows? Um, we got Ross Geller. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone agrees David Schwimmer was the first one to be cast. David Schwimmer, of course, very famously known for being on a few episodes of Career Enthusiasm um, about 10 years later. And now when people watch it, they're like, oh, Ross, that's David Schwimmer from Career Enthusiasm. So... Yes, all good. Um, he had been on. He had an addition for a different pilot for Kaufman Crane a little bit earlier. He played some recurring roles on Wonder Years and L.A. Law. Um, how would you describe Ross? Uh, Ross is a nerd, mm-hmm. but a uh, a nerd who nevertheless has the ability to constantly date extraordinarily attractive women. <laughs> True, uh, mostly one. Uh, yes, he uh, he is the only person above the age of six who's still really into dinosaurs. <laughs> well, it's his job. Yeah. But um, I, I think, um, and I, I may have stolen this from friends. I don't even know. I guess we'll find out if we're watching all the episodes now. But I always like say, like, you can, like, sort of look, um, and this is a, not a visual medium, so no one but you will see what I'm talking about. But, like, mm-hmm. if you made, like, a graph of, like, the interest in dinosaurs over a lifetime, it goes like this, and now you're at, like, age, like, six. And then it goes like this, and then there's no more, right? Yeah. Like when you're a kid. Well, I guess it depends really- what age you see Jurassic Park, because then you'll probably get briefly read oh. to dinosaurs. Yeah, I'm not a Jurassic yeah. Park guy. You know my take about dinosaurs is that like I kind of don't buy the whole thing. Like intellectually, I do, but like it's like you're like Akiva with um. Wait, what is it? Akiva doesn't believe in aliens, right? Well, there's a lot more evidence of dinosaurs, dinosaurs than aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but from a probability perspective. From a probability perspective, right, yeah. I guess. But, like, we yes. have the we have the bones. Um, yeah. It just seems so ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah, like, there used to be, like, brontosauruses walking, like, where I live. Sure. Yeah, is that more absurd than, like, 200 years from now, like, believing in, like, a lot of human history? Like, oh, people really did that? Or people, like, oh, people elected Donald Trump president? Oh, there it comes. Yeah, well, that, that's, gonna, I think, going to be a lot more documented than just, like, we found a bunch of bones, and we definitely you know, know what all of it means and how it together. I, I did and... warn listeners I was going there. I, I will say, like, one of my takeaways um, from when I was um, when I was 18, I went on a program to Poland to sort of uh, uh, visit the uh, the places uh, affected uh, by the Holocaust. And in, in you could just say camps. death camps, yeah. Well, know. no, but, but also, you know, we went to, like, the old, you know, the, 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 the former five, five. Jewish community. Anyways, yes. One of my t- like, I wrote this essay after I I was there, where I sort of said something to the effect of, uh, having actually now been there in person, I understand it. I I I sort of understand one small modicum of like Holocaust denial because to like see the <laughs> level of 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 inhumanity that humans are capable of it's just right. it, it's just like so a, much it's absurd distance. right it's just we didn't like really like a western european country in this century like march people into gas it just it's impossible to believe and so in a sense it's easier to believe it must be exaggerated you know um i, I remember once uh my, my wife and i were reading a book about sort of uh, the destruction of the, of the sec- second temple in, in jerusalem <laughs> two thousand years ago uh-huh. and she made a remark like you know some of this sounds a little exaggeratory like people like uh, uh so starving to death they would eat their own children and i said to her i said well you know people would say that about the holocaust in 2000 years from now probably will right 
Yeah, and now so, people yeah, are saying about dinosaurs on this podcast. Yeah. So yeah, two thousand years from now, or when were the dinosaurs around? Two thousand years ago, three thousand years ago, something, something like that. that. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the whole world era. So it's like, yeah, they're yeah. like halfway into the world, probably. My, my um, issue with dinosaurs is like we have no documentation for the color of their skin, right? I That's know, just yeah. purely spe- based on like. Is that true? Limited- Based on the limited research I've done, like, like, because we have their bones, like, we know what they look like, but we don't know, and like, we can surmise, like, if they had feathers or stuff. I think sometimes a little, but like, right. we don't know whether their their lizard skin was green or, but it's always tends to be like in the shades of greens and browns when you see them depicted. I want to see dinosaurs in like hot pink and like fluorescent orange, right? Yeah, but also it's like some of these dinosaurs they probably have like like they found one. So like, how do you know like that that one didn't have like a hunchback or something like that? Doesn't you can't look like oh tires like I think they found one person. They're like oh we know this person oh, oh they issues. they love Donald yeah. Trump because this because yeah. this person did. It's like there's one person. Yeah. Um. So have they only? So are there some species? I have no idea. I'm talking about my only ass. Found I have one. no idea. Yeah. I have, I, I, well, I have, we need Ross Keller here too. Yeah, we do need Ross Keller. All I'm saying <laughs> is. It doesn't all add up to me. All right, so yeah, um, I so, haven't so, done so, the legwork. Yeah. So, so Ross is a paleontologist. Yeah. So let me. I'm gonna. So I. I, I want to. Ha- um. I'm gonna read for you the original uh, descriptions in like the original script. So let's let's see like how they match oh, up okay. with how you describe. So it. what so, was their plan for Ross? For Ross, it says intelligent, emotional, romantic. Monica's brother, suddenly divorced, facing singlehood with phenomenal reluctance. A paleontologist. Not that it matters. Okay. Yeah, that's all accurate. We're gonna have to get into this further as the show develops. Obviously. Obviously, but like the um, the Ross Monica relationship, and in fact, it will be a joke on the show yeah, where there's in- another couple who are even uh, another sibling uh, pair, or right. even more touchy feely than they are. But like, I mean, you have a sister, I have a sister. Do you like sit on the couch like on top of each other? Do you like like play with each other's hair, like kiss each other, say I love you every day? Like the the Ross Monica relationship is uh rather unusual yeah sure. it's i would i would say it's definitely unusual um they're also kind of like the glue of the of the friend group right it's like which yeah. is also kind of unusual right like i don't know too many friends groups um where like there's a siblings in it that are not the same gender is, oh and, is that true i don't know i don't know much i mean i guess that's probably cultural also but um i don't know i just feel like it's like not that common that like that that happens like two like two brothers i think like is very common or two sisters is very common that like they all have the same friends when i was a kid i when i was like a like in junior high and i always thought it'd be great to have a twin sister because um, not that yeah. i know now but back then certainly i had no idea what members of the opposite sex were possibly thinking at any time <laughs> and i always thought it'd be cool if i had like an, right. an, an inside source a spy on the inside yes i did not have one and yeah um, so that's my interaction with the uh, with the opposite gender was a. Uh, was very restricted for many, many years. Yeah. So Monica Geller, Courtney Cox. Um, now here's here's a bone that I have to pick with uh, with with Ross and with Monica and with Rachel and with Chandler actually. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with everybody actually, but um, um, Phoebe of course is, is does not have this problem because we'll get to her in a second. But she is not from uh, the same location, and um, Joey has a very solid sort of Queens accent. But the other four are all from Long Island, and none of them have remotely long island accents and like the jews from long island and the italians from Long Island, or i don't know what chandler's uh chandler's ethnicity is but uh like those people all tend to have very long island accents and these people don't have the slightest hint of a, of a long island accent. yeah it's very confusing why jennifer aniston doesn't sound like a jewish girl from long island yeah now they never uh, unlike ross and rachel um they never explicitly say that rachel is jewish um, I mean, her name is Rachel Green. Yeah, I think it's just assumed, and like she's very much supposed to be like you know the you know typical Jap, which but could also just be like yeah. the same personality, but you know Gentile from Long yeah, Island. Yeah, but, but but her name and, and then her husband, her the dentist uh, who she's right. uh, you know gay, obviously he has yeah, very it's very strongly implied it, that she's Jewish. It's sort of like it's sort of like uh, uh, actually from, from Seinfeld, right? We we right. we we know the Frankistans, of course, is Italian. Right, and we always wonder about Estelle. She gives off big Jewish vibes. Um, yeah, but I would say yeah. Right. So we, we don't now. The, we also know. Speaking of dinosaurs, oh no, it's an armadillo actually. That when mm. Chandler shows up as the holiday armadillo, no, Ross does. Or Ross, when right. Ross shows up as the right. holiday armadillo, he uh, he says, "You're part Jewish friend," and he says, "Part." But th- wait, wait, is that kid? Wait, no, that kid's mom is the lesbian, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, that kid's mom is a Rachel. Okay, so never mind. Okay, say, You're spoiling I, the whole show. I'm just saying the, the only the only the only characters that are ever referred to as Jewish are Monica and Ross. I believe that's right. Yeah, but but Rachel uh, gives off some Jewish vibes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we could presume a half a half Jewish cast here. Oh, well, not cast, but you know characters, which characters. is uh, yeah. certainly was not the norm back in 1990. 
Yeah. Although Seinfeld, well, I mean, one of the criticisms of Seinfeld was too Jewish, right? Right. And but there is only one. Yeah. And but we all know George is like really Jewish, like yeah. <laughs> like in his kishkas, he's Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> well, because Larry's Jewish, so obviously yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. the character's exactly. Jewish. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kramer and Elaine uh, definitely not. Yeah. So yeah. So Monica, Phoebe of course, Buffet, uh, definitely not. Probably Monica, French. of course, was um, what's her name, Meryl in The Wife, right, of Seinfeld. Yes. So both uh, both Gellers. She was the well, she Larry was the David most famous actor of the of the six, wasn't she? Um, I think that's right. Hadn't she um, been in? She, I know she was in the Scream One. I think right. Scream was like just after this. Oh, after. This. Um, okay. But she was in um, Ace Ventura. Was right before this. Yes, yes, she yes she plays the love interest in Ace Ventura. Yes. Wait, that, that was that was after this though. You're saying that was right before this. I believe before this. Oh, interesting. Um, let me see. Let's see where that when that came out. Mm. I think it was all right around the same time. No, no, no the casting of and the release of her obviously different times, right? So she might well, have been casting. Yeah, let's see. Where Ace Ventura came out February fourth, nineteen ninety four. So yeah, so like seven months before Friends. Yeah. So she was probably pretty, you know, pretty well in the zeitgeist. A lot of people saw that movie, yeah. right? Yes. Um, she was all. She also had a recurring role on Family Ties, where she played Michael J. Fox's girlfriend. So I, you know, I think she was pretty well known, especially compared to the rest of the group. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so we talked about Ross, we talked about Monica, we mentioned Rachel. Uh, oh, wait, so we didn't do um, we didn't do Monica's description. So yeah, so oh. what's your description of Monica? Okay, um, uh, neurotic, a little OCD, high strung, um, uh, unlucky in love, uh, but sort of the the, the den mother. Yeah. Um, they say smart, cynical, defended, very attractive, had to work for everything she has, an assistant chef for a chic uptown restaurant. And a romantic disaster area. Mm. It's interesting that they don't have like the the neat freak in there as like one of her original yeah. concepts because that I feel like becomes almost her defining quality, or at least her defining like you know punchline. Is yeah, the, like the cleanliness. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that that'll definitely emerge more. But th- maybe that wasn't intended. That just yeah. they reacted to. Yeah, what what was working? Um, okay, so we have Rachel, um, daughter of John Aniston. How many episodes of Days of Our Lives do you think that John Aniston appeared in? Oh, Jennifer Aniston's father is an actor. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He was he was he starred alongside Dr. Drake Ramore in Days of oh, Our Lives. Okay. Yeah. So I'm never... sorry to think that these are the days of our lives. Yes. Alex. Um I I assume the number's high the way you ask. So I guess... <laughs> oh, oh, it's high. <laughs> I guess 826. Oh, you are so way off. 3,782. <laughs> I was going to guess like 400. I said, you know what? Let's get nuts and go for 800. 3,000? And you've never heard of him. Imagine like the people that like are really in the show. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Should we do a Days of Our Life podcast? Has, yeah, that would be something. Appeared. I mean, if in he's in 3,000, the star there of the show. Episodes of Days of Our Lives. Now, I am proud of myself. I just typed in D-O-O-L into Google and I, I got Days of Our Lives that way. I'm proud of myself that I knew that. Um, all right. Would you like to guess the total number of episodes that there have been of the show? This is usually um, you're very good at. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, ex- I've shown an ability to guess lucky in the past. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to go from there. Like, <laughs> yeah. like this one guy was out there. Like, is, it, was that 80% of the episodes? Is that 5% of the episodes? Um, I mean, it's really on every day. That's the thing. They're doing like 300 episodes a year. Hmm. Um, it's probably been on for, how do you even get that many? Even if it's been on for 50 years. So how many is that? That would be 15,000. Has it been on for 50 years? It's probably been on for 50 years. I'm going to guess 14,719. It, it is absurd how good you are. At this. <laughs> it's 14,000. Uh, 430. So you're not oh, within I was way off. I was off by 100. You don't win both showcases. If, I was if off by friends play. plus Seinfeld. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> as a percentage, uh, this was, by the way, the 14,430 was as of September 9th, 2022, last fall, when NBC aired its last episode after 57 seasons. Um, now it's on Peacock. 
Yeah, so Jerome, you think you're you're good? You got height? I got this weird thing. Yeah, so so do. if if you go if you go to the cock, there's more episodes there. So fourteen four thirty uh, is only as of September. I don't that's I don't wild. know. That's so um, many unless, episodes. I, I don't know. Are they playing new episodes on the cock, or are they just replaying old ones? I don't know how that works. Imagine like so. Is Days of Our Lives still going? Or well, that's what I just asked. So it, it was. Sorry, it, I was paying. I wasn't paying attention. All right, so it was on NBC until September 9th of last year. Okay, so that's pretty it, recent. Fine. When it ended, it, when it ended its run of fourteen thousand four hundred thirty episodes. I feel like that should have been a bigger deal. Like, why did we not hear about that? Yeah. Anyway, so now it's well, and so now it's on Peacock. Oh, so it's um, still on. But is it? But are they new episodes? Is the question? Probably. Um, all right. We so would have heard about it if it so was. So it was, it was on say. NBC for fifty-seven years, from nineteen sixty-five until two thousand twenty-two. And how many episodes were there in a normal year? Can you tell from that or not? It doesn't well, say. if fourteen thousand four hundred thirty divided by fifty-seven, you can get an average that way. Oh, right? sure, I guess. So, are we doing the math here? Oh no, whatever. Uh, that's on. a two hundred and fifty. <laughs> Jim Crumbly, send in an answer. Yeah. Two hundred and fifty-three episodes per year on average. Okay, so yes, yeah, so I was a little high on the. Well, but I don't know. Maybe they had some years that. The, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Exactly so I mean, it's yeah. just like if we were to start a day, a Days of Our Lives podcast, it's like. The number of episodes we would have to release per day to catch up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like we like we they only they only skipped a hundred days a year. Yes. So we don't have a lot. I of mean, Av, I have bad news for you. I have been alive for fourteen thousand five hundred and ninety-six days. Right. So that's around the same number of days. Yeah. Uh, about a hundred more. Yeah. So the days uh, of your lives are the same as the which, number which, of the days. Which is, by the way, our Ob, yesterday was your 14,600th birthday uh, date. I apologize for missing it. Yeah. We both got a birthday coming up, don't yeah, we? I, I will note, actually, I do. I did put on my Google calendar a few years ago the 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, like the even thousand number anniversary, like birthdays of all of my members of my family so that I can wish it to them. Oh, to the future. very smart. Yeah, so, I mean, it's this, this year's birthday for us is not as big of a deal as last year's birthday, obviously. Like, sure, it's, not like yeah. it's not like we're turning 39 this year. Like, yeah, who cares? Well, yeah, of course. Last year, we recharged the mitzvah. <laughs> right. Well, there's no mitzvah this year. It's just yeah. whatever. It's just a regular norm number. Like, there's yeah. no meaningful or significant exactly. to it at all. But um, yeah, so basically, if from the day we were born, our parents had put us in front of a television to watch an episode of Days of Our Lives, we could have watched a new one Every single day of our lives, <laughs> right? Until a couple weeks, until a couple months ago, which is absolutely absurd. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. All right, so um, so 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 Jennifer Aniston's father appeared on yeah. like less than twenty percent of the episodes, like not even <laughs> right, like not a significant amount. He he's not, he's, yeah. he he's a nobody. He, he's like he's like not even the putty of Days of Our Lives. <laughs> right, I was trying to think of the Seinfeld analogy. Right, right. He's not even putty. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's like he's like Dalrymple. Yeah. Other great reference because Dalrymple, of course, will be uh, Mr. Buffet. Right, right, right. Right, right. Yeah. Good call. Yes. Um, so we have Jennifer Aniston. She appeared as Jeannie Bueller in the television adaptation of Ferris Bueller. No, um, very quickly that. canceled. Um, she was cast last. She originally auditioned for Monica. And then she had signed a contract with another show at the same time, and they were prepared to replace her, to recast her if the other show got picked up. But the other show got canceled, and she stayed as Rachel Green, which is a pretty good result for her, I would say. Yeah, I mean, um, all six of them, and obviously it's, it's just iconic because, you know, they're on the show for 10 years, but, like, all of them seem perfectly cast among the six. I would say... Probably Matthew Perry as Ross would be the easiest if one of them was switching to fill another role. Yeah, would you say? Yeah, he could. He could. He could do that. Yeah. Um, I feel uh, like Courtney Cox could have been Rachel pretty easily. Yeah, I feel like all three of the the ladies could have been Rachel. Yeah. So yeah. So Lisa Kudrow could have been also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rachel was not the most complicated character. Let's put it. Like yeah. That, I guess. I mean, um, none of the characters really. And we'll you know, but like and, even among the six, like she's and as just the show like continues, the most, they become uh, more conventional. And I'm say. sure we'll talk about this. Like they become both more and more stereotypical of themselves. Like, like, you know, Joey, for example, by season 10, sometimes is literally like has an IQ of 50, like would not <laughs> yeah. be able to live by himself. But then other times can hold deep emotional relationships with people. Yeah. So, yeah, there's not, not yeah, a lot of consistency. Joey becomes it's like his comedy in the later seasons is like the comedy of a like of a small child because it's like it's his his things are funny when it's like you can see like the chachma like the wisdom yes. and like how he how his logic arrived him to like a very stupid answer. But you're like, oh, that's like so cute. Like the way when like the two year old like has some like convoluted reasoning to get to like some dumb conclusion. You're just like, but like it's so smart how she got there. 
Um, so yeah, it's um, it's it's not the big the best development of the show the way it kind of just like leans into that stuff to absurd degrees in the later seasons. But you know, it was yeah. on for ten years. They did a lot of episodes. Um, okay, so give me your your Rachel and Joey um, write ups. Wait, I did Rachel already, didn't I? You did not do Rachel. Oh, okay, uh, so yeah, Rachel. Um, a little bit of a ditz or a jap, as you said, but I don't think they're going to use that term. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, very spoiled, uh, has has never uh, lived away from home, doesn't know really how to do anything, uh, certainly in the beginning, uh, has has no skills, uh, very pretty, um, very flirtatious, um, uh, a little selfish. Okay. They say spoiled, adorable, courageous, terrified. Courageous? Monica, well, she, you know, she does something pretty courageous in the first uh, episode. Walked out on her own wedding. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. that's that takes courage. Yeah, okay. Um, and cuts up all her credit cards. But uh, spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Um, spoiled alert for Rachel Green. My, my, my take always like you know people t- like when, when someone's like wedding gets canceled like the day before. Oh my god, that's so horrible. That's so embarrassing. I always say like whenever you end a relationship, it's always much better than any any point later than that. Every point thereafter is worse. So, Usually. oh, you broke up the day before your wedding? That's terrible. You know what's worse? Actually getting married. <laughs> oh, you broke up like right – you know what's worse? After you have kids. Like, yeah. End the relationship. The next, like, you know, <laughs> this is a pro-divorce podcast. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not – I'm saying, but to the extent the relationship is going to end, the earlier the better. Right? Yeah. yeah. Monica's best friend from high school has worked for none of what she has. So very strong contrast with Monica in the ah, description. On her own for the first time and Hold equipped to do nothing. Not worked. Monica lives, and obviously this is like a cliche of the show, but like Monica lives in the nicest apartment in New York City. She has not worked for that. <laughs> she did not. The excuse work for given that, is yeah. that it's it's rent controlled from her grandmother, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge the fact she has quite a little bit of privilege there. She comes from a, a wealthy family, and you know she lives in this ridiculous apartment. And the apartment is just – and when I first started watching the show, much like you, was well before I was living in Manhattan and certainly not – well before I was living in Manhattan on my own dime. So I didn't really appreciate until I did how truly, truly absurd that apartment is. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. It's completely both absurd. Both of them. But their apartment in particular, there is no – I've never in my life been in a, in, in any apartment. In <laughs> yeah. Room oh, I mean that, that, apart, that apartment would probably sell now for like over $10 million. Right? Yeah. Not because of friends, just because of like the location yeah. and the size. Like, I mean practically speaking, it only has one bathroom. You know, they have to make a few changes here and there. But, but it's also, like that, that main room is like absurd. Yes, absurd. <laughs> it's also very strange. Uh, the, the size of their patio. Nobody has a patio that size. <laughs> right. um, it's very strange that – she has a second bedroom just available unused that Monica right. can move into. Right, it was just sitting open. Move into. Yeah, uh, like doesn't Ross need it if he, he just broke up? Although it seems like he moved out and she kept the apartment. Um, I feel yeah. like if if you are breaking up with your spouse because you decided to play for the other team, the least you should just let them keep the apartment. <laughs> Only if it's for that reason. Yeah, well, as as we'll hear in episode one, like, you know, they, she got the good TV. She got the stare. Like, what did you get? Yeah. Ross does not get very much. Yeah, not very much. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Matt LeBlanc went to high school with Louis C.K. Oh, um, I did not know that. Yeah. He graduated in the same, same class, same year. Matt LeBlanc certainly among the six actors, the least famous name, right? Like everybody would know recognize him as Joey from Friends. Right. So we had this was actually just discussed in the group in our in our WhatsApp group the last week, uh, which is a good a reminder for newcomers. We have a we have a WhatsApp group that you're welcome to join. Um, find what either me or Alex on Twitter, and we'll add you to the WhatsApp group if you're interested. And we were talking there about the fact that um, I forgot who it was, so apologies, but somebody had was like polling friends to see if they like were you know much younger people, I guess like Gen Zers, right? People in their twenties, I guess now, mm-hmm. twenty maybe thirties. Um, to see if they recognized him and could name him. And they all were able to say Joey, and none of them were able to name Matt LeBlanc. Um, and then I believe it was Jim Crumley who was like, well, he actually did some things afterwards, like episodes, Joey. I'm like, I think you're kind of missing the point yeah. if you're deciding Joey here. Like, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I loved episodes, but I don't know too many other people who watched it. Um, I, I watched it. I thought it was like, okay, and then I lost interest. Um yeah, I was. Yeah, I was like, I watched it, but I didn't really like it. Um, so yeah, he was he was very not famous before at all. Maybe even the least of the six. Um, and to your point, yeah, nobody um, nobody knows Matt LeBlanc's name. Um, but if you were guessing one season, two season, even three, four seasons in, who's going to get the spinoff show? I don't think you would have guessed Joey. Um, no, but by the, by by towards the end, I think it was very clear that yes, if there was yes, going to be a spinoff. Yes, it was yes. definitely going to be Joey. Joey yes. was the, the biggest candidate by far. Yeah. Um, I but guess also, you probably would have. But let's be frank. I think part of it is because of the fact 
that the that the that the actor sort of had the least going on. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Like I'm looking at what he did. Post, so Friends ends in 2004. Um, he made. He was in one movie in 2014 called Lovesick, where he played. Um, yeah, I've never heard of this movie, but it was him and Ali Larder in the love interest, and that's literally the only movie he's ever made post um, uh, post Friends. And then, um, and then he was on Joey, obviously episodes, and then just a couple other TV shows. Uh, he's done like a like oh the Friends reunion, or he was on one yeah. So he's basically done nothing in his career other than um, episodes, which was very good. I do see that he played a character named Vinny Verducci on Married with Children, on, in four episodes, and that same year, same character in Top of the Heap, seven episodes, and that same character the next year on Vinny and Bobby, seven episodes. So he played the same character as a guest across three different episodes, which is very funny. Yeah. And Vinny Verducci also sounds like the <clears throat> Italian character that Bill Hader played on SNL. Oh, I don't I'm not a big yeah. SNL, anyway. so I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, so, so give me your give me your Joey profile. Definitely typecast there. Okay. Uh, a, a Italian-American, mm-hmm. um, uh, middle-class background from Queens, uh, has a bunch of sisters, uh, a struggling actor, um, a little bit of a ladies' man, and uh, not the sharpest tool in the shed. From a, right. not very book smart, let's say. Handsome, macho, smug, lives across the hall for Monica and Rachel, wants to be an actor, actually wants to be Al Pacino, mm. loves women, sports, women, New York, women, and most of all, Joey. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little unfair, like smug. And, and yeah. So, I mean, Joey. I think I think they ended up making him softer than that. Um, but you could see that in the pilot, I would say. He more so. A little harder. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, some of it they might have just, you know, they they reconceive the character a little bit. By the way, his hair in that pilot is like so like mid 90s. Yeah. Yeah. No, he looks he looks great. Yeah. Um, OK. Who do we have left? We got we got Chandler and we got Phoebe. Who do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's say Phoebe for last. So we'll go with the Chandler next. Uh, I feel like Chandler is, you know, for, for most, uh, especially for us uh, nerdy, uh, nerdy Jews watching the show in high school. I think we definitely like uh, we. I, well, I think I identified sort of halfway between Ross and Chandler. Actually, I'll say halfway between Ross Chandler and Monica. I, I have a solid amount of Monica in me as well, especially with the uh, the OCD ness and the anal uh, aspects of her. <laughs> um, how do, how would you identify yourself? Yeah, definitely Chandler. Not even yeah. not even a question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think most of my my friends growing up. In fact, like I Chandler think most, I think so. our friend Ami Mandel uh, referred to himself as Chandler in our in our high school yearbook. <laughs> oh, that could be. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's just like you know the sarcasm, yeah. like the witty, sarcastic the, the one liners. Yeah, you know. uh, not not lucky at all with the ladies, which yeah. definitely described us in high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what else would you say? Uh, sort of a uh, he, he's a uh, in a white collar job going nowhere. Right. Yeah. So he has like a traditionally big, a, corporate. A big, like, yeah. Like big, important job that like he couldn't care less about. Yeah. Well, I would say not big or important. I would say. Small well, and meaning has like the, the real tra- job, the, the trappings of like a big like he gets paid a lot, like he has a fancy company, whatever, you know, all that sort of stuff that is like, you know, traditionally thought yeah. of as important. In my head, he sort of has an entry level position, but maybe it has a uh, more of an upward. Although the, the law finances with a couple of rare episodes, like there's an episode early on, of course, where they go to the restaurant and they talk about but like with a, with the, with the, with the exception of a couple of episodes money plays no role in the show these people all have unlimited funds to do whatever <laughs> they, want. they fly across the country on a whim or even you know they're, they're extraordinarily wealthy um the source of which is uh, unclear yeah so matthew perry had appeared on a bunch of like 80s and 90s stuff like charles and chard and silver spoons empty nets growing pains like you know all those like uh 80s 90s sitcoms He's a classic uh, sitcom act yeah he had a recurring role on second chance where he played the young version of a character named Chaz Russell, who's, I think the show starts out, you see this older version of this guy die in a hovercraft accident. And then they flash back and show him Matthew Perry plays the younger version. I don't know. Um, I'd like to actually go and watch some of these like random episodes of these crazy shows from the eighties at some point. Um, Yeah. He does that. He pitched Robin Akiva on it. (laughs) Right. He pitched, uh, he pitched a sitcom to NBC about a, that he wrote with some friends about a close-knit group of 20-somethings, and the name of the show was Maxwell's House. They rejected it, and a few months later, he auditioned for Friends. This sounds like the beach. Completely unrelated, yeah. Um, what else can I tell you? Um, he also had a competing pilot where, right, it was going to be one or the other. The other one failed. He got onto Friends. Like, it's crazy, right, how it goes with some of these things. Um, okay, we talked about Chandler. Let me redo his description. 
Or you want to give me more of a built-in? We, we kind of talked about it, right? Yeah, I think we covered it. Droll, dry, a rye observer of everyone's life and his own, works in front of a computer doing something tedious in a claustrophobic cubicle in a nondescript office building, survives by way of his sense of humor and snacks. I feel like the end snacks part was more given to Joey. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, Joey loves eating. <clears throat> Joey the way to Joey's heart is through his stomach. Yes, something he cares dearly about, sandwiches. Mm-hmm. All right, so Phoebe, of course, is the one that uh, lifts right out the easiest. <laughs> um, yeah, as, she's, uh, as she will be told by uh, Ross, I believe, right? Yeah, oh, no. she was it Ross or Chandler? I don't remember. You left right out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, she uh, she has an improv and sketch comedy background. Um, she briefly worked with Conan Lisa O'Brien. Kujo, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Her and Conan O'Brien are have been best friends for like 40, 50 years. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, she was actually originally cast as Roz on Frasier, but then she was switched out. Um, other people who auditioned for the role of Phoebe Buffay include Ellen DeGeneres, Kathy Griffin, Jane Lynch, and Megan Mullally. So that's quite a lineup right there. What could have been? Um, but they really liked, um, what's her name? Uh, Lisa, because of the role she already had on Mad About You playing Ursula, who would later go on to be Phoebe's sister. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I really love how they do that. Uh, <clears throat> were you a Mad About You guy? Um, a little bit. I, I saw it. I saw a bunch of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, it, it, so just for those who are unfamiliar, Lisa Kudrow plays uh, a woman uh, in named Ursula in Mad About You, and that's before Friends, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She she basically got the the Phoebe part because of the Ursula part. Yeah, and then and then the shows decide to to mix the worlds at least as far as those two are concerned, which is very cool. Yeah, and, and the explanation right, they, for why it doesn't happen more often is they really don't get along with each other. Right, because Ursula's uh, not a good person. Ursula's not a good person, and Phoebe's a very good person. Yeah, Phoebe's very good. Yeah, um, and yeah. They, they much for background in in, in the, they in do the pilot um, they did like a crossover episode as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So those are our six friends. Um. In terms of like what we're going to be doing on this podcast, so like we're going to do an episode. I don't know, maybe not every week, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna aim to do one uh, in a fairly uh, recurring schedule. So just you know, subscribe to the feed, um, like us, rate us, do all those things that make the podcast do well. Um, and then you know, if you're a listener who's coming along with us this whole way, like you understand our general format, we're going to uh, rate the episodes um, on a scale of zero to five. We are making a change. We are leaving behind the pretty, the pretty's good system. Mm. Very sad. Pour one out for the pretty's good, and we are switching over to a new system based on moo points. You can get somewhere between zero and five moo points per episode. So that's very exciting. Um, and a very another very important change that we're in, we're implementing is the addition of decimal places. Uh, this cost me much consternation over the years. That not all 4.5s are created equal. Not all fives are created equal. We need to do, we need more distinctions. So we're going to do 0, 0. 0.1, 0.2, 0.2, all the way up to 4.95.0. Oh, this is ridiculous. Wait, one decimal point allowed only? One decimal point. One decimal point. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't do it if you have 4.95. I mean, I guess you could if you want. But, um, this is a little something missing from the episode. It's, not, it's only a 4.95 episode. Yeah. Um, we'll, uh, we'll be, you know, we'll be continuing with our come with guys, with our fucking assholes, of course. Um, we can't do a podcast without them. Um, a new thing that I, that I, um, I think Alex doesn't understand yet how this works. Um, in terms of, I wanted to create a system of just like ongoing power rankings for our Corsex. Um, so that we could kind of track over the course of episodes over the course of the seasons over the course of the series, how much we each and then collectively kind of, uh, award, the various friends as we go along the way. So I came up with a, uh, let's say an allocation system, a point system, which we're going to call five steaks and an eggplant, which of course is the name of the episode. The one you were just talking about, the one where they, you know, they talk about money, where they have that, you know, that those difficult conversations about some of them making more than others. Yeah. Yeah, So there's a point in the episode where um, Monica, the reason why she uh, gets in trouble in that episode is that she gets these, uh, this uh, gift bag from like a prospective customer or something. And in it are five steaks and an eggplant for Phoebe. So what we're going to do is each episode. My, my, my brother's the eggplant. In this circumstance. Yeah. We actually, we went to our, <clears throat> our friend Jonah's house for a barbecue on uh, Memorial Day, as one does. And nice. I brought my, and I brought my brother with me and my brother brought with him uh, like a chunk of frozen lasagna. <laughs> 
because of the fact that he i mean there were other it was my mother gave it to him or whatever but like cause he was going to barbecue and uh he uh he didn't know if they would have an eggplant for him so yeah very good um so the way that the way the five steaks and the eggplant is going to work is each of us are going to be given five steaks and one eggplant for each episode um the are steaks and steaks worth equal oh you're explaining that so yeah yeah they're, they all well no they're not the steaks are a positive point and the eggplant is a negative point Wait, so this is, this is so uh anti-vegetarian of you yeah well i mean it's not, it's not even like a good veg- <laughs> vegetable it's an eggplant um <laughs> So you get you get your five steaks, you get your one eggplant, and then you have to distribute them to our core six, however you see fits. You can give all the five steaks to somebody that you think they had a home run up. So know, someone has to episode. get a negative every episode. Somebody has to get an eggplant. Somebody has to get and and the five steaks. Have I mean, to I could always up. give a steak and an eggplant to somebody if I wanted to just have them break even. You can use them however you want. You want to be a sicko, be a sicko. I don't think it's complicated at all. Um, <laughs> but you can say I'm giving you know two to her, two to him. One. Can, to, can you, you know, divide them up or no? You could divide them up. No, you, whole numbers only, please. Okay, so we so we basically we we have uh, uh, five ones and one negative one. Okay, got it. Yeah, five ones and negative one. Right. Um, do right, I have to do this because I'm very confused already? It's well, not confusing I'll, I'll, at all. I'll let you take the lead. It's so not confusing. Yeah. Um, okay. Supposed to pivot, but we'll yes. See. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're uh, we're anticipating a lot of celebrity appearances, I think, in Friends as well. On the show or on the podcast? On the show. Well, maybe yeah. eventually on the podcast, but certainly on the show. Certainly on the show. Yeah. yeah. By the later seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even though, you know, some of the earlier seasons, there's, you know, people show up on occasion. Some of the earlier seasons, there's, and there's also people who uh, probably become more famous than they were right. at the time. Right. Yes. That's true. Um, so. Well, like the core six. Yes. So back, uh, back on the Curb podcast, we had a little thing called the Ted Dancing Club. Mm. But this was only for people who had like a cameo in the true sense of the word. In that they played themselves. themselves. They had to play themselves. Which is not going to happen in Friends very often. No, no. And, well, maybe we'll have some theories. Uh, But for the most part, no. Um, So they had to play themselves. I think John Lovitz is playing himself, and he's so stoned that he just thinks that he's a food critic. Okay, well, we're going to have to you know, discuss that when we get there and see yeah. if he's a candidate for the Ted Dancing Club. Yeah. Um, so on this show, I think we're going to have to remove the playing themselves aspect of it. Yes. Um, and it used to be you had to be more famous than Ted Danson. Was the, in, at, in 2001. At the, right, at the time that he first appeared on Curb to get yeah. into the Ted Danson Club. So I was thinking that, the, to me, the, the best candidate for who we can use for friends would be Tom Selleck and have yeah. a Tom Selleck Club. Um because he he's probably the real the first like really famous person who's like on the show on the show like he you know he's in a you know a bunch of episodes and it also it works perfectly because Tom Selleck circa the mid nineties is sort of like Ted Danson circa two like he's past his prime right he's past what he was most famous for but still so, very famous in like for people who were watching then and were adults yes yeah yeah. yeah. And for, also, for, when you and I, I mean, I know him primarily from Friends, the way yeah. that you know, that I know Ted Danson primarily from Curve, and yeah. then anyone and, younger than us would only do so. And of course, they were very famously in Three Men and a Baby together, so that's another great connection. Yes, which, by the way, means that we should really now retroactively have gone back and create a Steve Gutenberg Club for Party Down because mm-hmm. we totally dropped the ball on that now. In yeah. retrospect, had we known that we were going to eventually do a Friends podcast, it would have been obvious to us. But uh, we did not have that information at the time. Yeah. Who, who else? Who else played them? Stormy Daniels appears uh, in the uh, Sensation Awards episode. Yeah. Of Party um, Down. But actually, she's not playing herself. She's playing a different porn star. Correct. Correct. Yes. Well, maybe she's playing a character. Porn star there. Mm. Yeah. It's hard to know. She went from Ron Donald to Donald Trump. What a uh, what a. Ron Donald Trump, great before and after there. Um, we will, of course, still always be doing the Postman. So, um, you know, send those in. I think I'm going to do like, um, we'll put probably in the links. Um, I like what Ali and Akiva do. Oh, and Akiva. I like what Ali does on New Girl Ogai, where she, like you could like send in a form for like future episodes too. Yeah. Uh, there's no way Akiva knows this is like a mechanism that exists. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know where the questions are coming from. Is Akiva still watching the show? <laughs> Um, I think so. He knows enough about what's happening. I guess he could be reading the Wikipedia. Yeah, I think he's just reading the Wikipedia. <laughs> it's, it's, we can't, I guess we can't rule it out. That's that's more effort than he puts into most podcasts. So yeah. Um, uh, so have yeah. You ever, have you ever given him caffeine? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so yeah. So send in those postman uh, emails. You can you know email us at. Oh, we need to make a new. Um, 
we're curb postman at gmail.com. I guess we should it's make still a curb postman at gmail.com. Yeah, maybe we'll make a different email address at some point. For now, you could still email curb postman. I was um, so I wanted to look Twitter. up references to mail delivery in friends. Yeah, I, actually, I tried it, that. I had a lot. Of well, that, that's what I sent you that link. So the sites that have like the, the Seinfeld script websites have a search function. We can right. search for a word throughout right. all the scripts of the right. show. And it'll show you the, like, the image. Unfortunately, the, the curb scripts that I'm familiar with and now the friends scripts, the only way to do it is open a tab for each of the episodes, which for curbs, a hundred tabs, that's too many tabs, 110. Well, for friends, it's, you know, double that. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how to search for a word in, and see it when it appears in every script of friends. Unfortunately, I feel like ChatGPT could do that pretty easily. Hmm, maybe, but it would, but ChatGPT would probably lie to you also. <laughs> That's true. ChatGPT is a big lie. ChatGPT is your friend who's extremely confident and always. <laughs> yes, I have a friend in particular who used to do very big ChatGPT things. Um, <laughs> like they, they would make like outrageous claims, and there was like back then there was no way to, no, uh, well, like rebut them. It's like Shabbos for us now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see what. So the first says. thing I do, uh, I have like this group of friends that I hang with on Friday nights, um, like late nights after we uh, put our wives and children to bed, and we we gab and we talk and we all make outrageous claims. And then the first thing I do Saturday night is I, I go <laughs> online and I try and like fact check them and then send them to our group to say like you know who was right, who was wrong. Hopefully, usually I'm right. Okay. Um. Are there any references to mail or postal workers on the TV show Friends? Yes, there are several references to mail or postal workers on the TV show Friends. Here are a few instances. In season two, episode six, titled The One Where Joey Moves Out, Joey, played by Matt LeBlanc, receives a package from his grandmother. He mentions that he likes the mail because it's like Christmas every day, and he even does a little mailbox dance to celebrate. Yeah. In season three, episode two, titled The One Where No One's Ready, Joey wears all of Chandler's clothes. Yep. That's a prank. That definitely happens. Uh, Chandler retaliates by hiding all of Joey's underwear. When Joey realizes his underwear is missing, he says, this is not a drill, people. This is the real deal. It's underwear day. I've been looking forward to this for months. What does that have to do with Mel? I don't know. Okay. Great, great job. Also, I thought he's not wearing underwear un- intentionally because he's lunging, right? He's letting his boys really get used to those pants that he's wearing. Mm, true. Um, in season three, episode well, I tried to get my son, my, my son accidentally on Sunday wore his underwear under his swimsuit in the pool uh-huh. at swimming lessons. So when he got out of the swimming lesson, took a shower, he told me he had no dry underwear to wear. And so I said, that's okay. You can go commando. And he's, and he, he, he was not familiar with that expression. I also told him you can call it free balling if you want. Um, and he said that was a disgusting act. He responded like Joe Buck to a uh, Randy Moss, uh, moving the crowd. He's like, that's disgusting. <laughs> the idea of not wearing underwear to my son, even for like the 10 minutes for the drive home, disgusting. So instead he chose to put his wet underwear back on underneath his dry clothes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Phoebe dates a postal worker at some point, but that's about it. Um, okay. So yeah, okay. I think we'll stick with postman. Yeah, we'll see for now. Listen, for now. these something these, may uh, emerge. These, these things happen sometimes. Yeah, they be they organic. Yeah, this is just where we're starting out. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if anyone has, you know, other suggestions, I, I, I'm, I'm organically take your uh, eggplant, toss it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing the egg. You could call it. You could change the name. We're, we're doing, doing the, we're, the eggplant. We're doing the eggplant. The smart, egg, smart egg, eggplant is. is the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's the show. Um, so yeah, if anyone has and any some ideas, some mistakes, send them in, send them in the chat, send them by email, tell us on Twitter. It's all good. Um, we are open to suggestions. You know, you don't like Tom Selleck, give us a different suggestion. We'll go with Who doesn't that. Like Tom Selleck? He's great. It's a He's glorious great. mustache. Great mustache. Yeah. Um, yeah, shaving we're... that mustache was a terrible decision. And we'll, uh, you know, we're going to try to, you know, figure out good, fun stuff to track over the course of the series. Um, and you know, ideas for that too. You know, you want us to, you know, Keep, you know, you you kept track of what every pretty, pretty, pretty good, right? You did uh, every. Uh, oh, yeah, we had a chart where we tracked everything. Yeah, every so, time that Larry yeah. did the, um, you know, the suspicious eyes thing, like we tracked. So, yeah. you know, we we'll could, see we could, if there's yeah. fun stuff like that, um, you know, that you think is interesting, let us know and we'll uh, we'll take it under consideration. For, for some reason, uh, Kiva is convinced that like the greatest idea for a podcast is me and him guessing how old random celebrities and athletes are. <laughs> Which I don't know. He like we. He's always arguing with me about how we have to do this. He's like, it's great. Everyone will like it. Um, so, how old do you think Tom Selleck is? And I will say, I guess the number. I was one year off. Um, I'll say seventy-four. All right. I I thought seventy-nine. He's seventy-eight. Okay. Yeah, seventy-four. I think I think LD's even seventy-five. Yeah. Yeah. He looks yeah. older than that. <laughs> Who does LD? LD? Yeah. He looks older than seventy-five. No way, he looks much younger than that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he looked pretty old in the last season. 
I, I, I mean, I think he looks pretty young and spry. Like he's still a, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, my parents are in their seventies. Like they're like they're. I don't. Yeah. I don't think of seventy as That's like oh, you're like yeah. you're like super elderly at this point. I had I had this um this this um interaction with um the guy who lives like on the opposite court, like a couple houses down from me. Uh, a guy I'm, fr- I'm friendly with, but it, in my head, he's like a generation above me, right? And so um, I I introduced him to my dad, who was around a couple weeks ago, and then my dad mentioned him to my mom, and my mom said he's Alexander's friend. He's Alexander's age. I was like, oh, he's not my age. What are you talking about? He's your age. And my dad's like, he's definitely not my age. He's definitely closer to your age. How old do you think he is? And I'm like, I don't know. What is he, like 55? And my dad's like, I got news to you. 55 is closer to your age than my age, which was a horrifying realization. Um, but um, yeah, if someone's 55, they're closer to us than they are to my parents. Because um, in my head, like my parents are like 50 and I'm 20 still. Mm, interesting. But um, well, how old do you think of yourself in your head? Almost 40. Oh, really? Oh, I don't think that. Like forty is like an old forty is like parents. I'm not forty. Um, how old is myself? Yeah, no, I think of myself as like um, probably like late twenties. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's about where I am. But I also sometimes will be like watching like college football, college basketball, and, and I think to myself, mm, college, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> I no, I still I think what I've I think I may have said this on a podcast before. When I see college kids, I still identify with them. When I see high school kids, I identify with the parents for sure. Yeah, no, high school kids are very young. Yeah, so but when I see high school kids doing, like, th- bad things, I don't think, oh, cool. I think, oh, no, I hope your parents catch you. You shouldn't be doing that. But college kids doing fun things. I like, hope oh, that's your fun. parents I, catch you. I want to go join those things. I hope your parents catch you. Um, oh, so, I, yes. I, listen, if, you, if you're a high school student, uh, let me just tell you, I will stitch on you to your parents immediately. Yeah, so including if, that you're listening um, to this podcast, which yeah, if, so if, yeah, if if you're listening to this podcast and you've been listening to this podcast, I think you got pretty much what you expected. Yeah. Um, if you are new to this podcast, because as I said earlier, you saw a friends podcast, maybe you got what you expected, maybe you didn't. I hope you if you're this far you got, in, if you're, you're this far you're in, I guess you're still here now. You're pod committed. You got 236 or 238 episodes yeah. you have to listen to now. But you know, we'll be back soon enough with uh, episode one, and uh, I hope you'll stick along for the ride. And uh, we're going to have some fun here and uh, we'll, we'll appear up from time to time. Uh, we'll see how it's going. And uh, there'll be a lot of friends in your life. Do we have some kind of friend sign off? We never really came up with one for Curb. Oh, no, we uh, did. We, we had, we'd, have, we'd have to end each episode with pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. And then we hated that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Alex, all I'll say to you is I'm looking forward to us returning for episode one. And I'll be there for you because you're there for me, too. Get a life, Jews.